Welcome back to Art Talk. I'm Dan. I'm going to get a quick sponsor message out of the way, and then we'll get right to it. Welcome back to Art Talk. I'm Dan. The last couple of uh, uh, podcasts that we did um, focused on my background, just so you'd know that I am qualified to answer your art-related questions, and also... Um, I talked about um, different types of prints. I talked about monoprints and lithographs and that type of thing. Um, most common question I get is, how much is my art worth? And I just got that question again, so I figured I'll touch on that for you. I want to keep these uh, podcasts at 10 minutes, but I don't know. I could try to do that, but when you talk about the value of art, there's quite a lot involved. So a couple of things to think about. Number one, if you have a brand new piece of art, the artist is alive, obviously. Uh, I would highly recommend get the artist to create or the artist publisher to create a certificate of authenticity made out to you in your name and get as much information as possible on that certificate. Reason being, if I look at a piece of art from, you know, let's say 50 years ago and the person says, um, yeah, this was in my grandmother's attic and uh, she passed away and an estate sales guy said that you know this was not a poster and it's probably got more value but he couldn't figure out the value so you know I, I, I would get these kinds of calls all the time and um, you know the the biggest problem I had was that it was just a piece of art by itself there was no certificate so <clears throat> the downside of that is is let's say for example you have a car and you get pulled over and they say let me see your driver's license registration it's like saying I don't have registration it's the equivalent so a piece of art uh, on its own by itself that's vintage uh, is less valuable than a piece of art that is accompanied by the original documentation a complete write-up of the history of the art where it came from who originally created it who originally owned it all the people that bought and sold it if you have all of that information the value of the art is higher um, so, for example, uh, if you have a Picasso, I sold a Picasso one time from uh, 1947, and let's say today that Picasso's worth, you know, 45000 So at the time I sold it, it was worth 18000 and I had a certificate of authenticity with it from Spain, from the estate of Picasso. There's a uh, way that you can contact, um, at least there was, now I, I haven't done this in a while, but um, you could contact uh, Picasso's estate and you could have them assist you. There was also um, an organization in the United States, but again, uh, when it comes to Picasso, being that he produced so much art, and he's one of the most copied artists out there, um, you know, the, the if you're on your own and you don't have uh, the way the ability to reach out to Spain or whatever um, in the case of Picasso if you can find a dealer that sells Picasso and take your art to that dealer and ask them do you have the books that are used to authenticate Picasso so there's a specific excuse me specific set of books that runs in the thousands of dollars, many thousands of dollars, for uh, the complete set. If I remember correctly, 
I believe last time I looked at that set, it was like 30, 35,000 or some price like that. But I'm, again, I'm just calling my memory and it's been a while. But uh, if the dealer has that set of books, and I used to have a dealer that I could go to in LA, he passed away, but um, um, I used to be able to go to this dealer and he would look at Picasso for me. And the reason he was willing to tell me if it was authentic or or not is because he might himself might have an interest in owning it so if I brought him something that was legitimate he himself might say hey I'm interested in purchasing this but what he would do is take out his uh, his volumes of authentication books dealing with Picasso and he kind of already knew from it's like me in the case of Dolly I sold so much Salvador Dolly that I can kind of look at a Dolly and right away start identifying is this legit or not without I mean things that the average person wouldn't wouldn't know to look for so uh, this dealer in Los Angeles uh, who who's passed away since then he um, he was like that with Picasso but you can't just you cannot authenticate by just looking at it you have to have something to back it up with so um, <clears throat> and by the way if um, if you ever reach out to an authenticator or an appraiser and they kind of say to you, what do you want me to put on this certificate? And they're just looking to get paid. Don't don't spend any money with them. You want somebody to tell you all the facts, all the details. You don't want to tell them anything. All you want to tell them is, here's how I got the art. Here's what I have with the art as far as paperwork goes. Um, and that's it. And let them then come back and tell you. Because if somebody comes to me and says, I don't have any other history. I just have this print and I don't even have paperwork for it, I'm going to look at it and let's say it's a Toulouse-Lautrec. So if it's a Toulouse-Lautrec and it's really aged but it's still in good condition and it's got a signature on it um, but there's nothing else with it, the question is did somebody take a poster that Toulouse-Lautrec created for an advertisement and have him sign it or did Toulouse-Lautrec create a limited edition series of prints or <clears throat> excuse me did he create an open edition series of prints so you have variables and you can't just you know go to a, an expert and have them off the top of their head say here's what you have and here's how much it's worth now yes there's a few pieces I could probably get away with doing that but the correct procedure is to you know get out your material your archival material and match everything on the art to what's in the archival material and by the way you don't have to have a license to do this you don't have to be uh, certified to do it if you know somebody had a situation where they bought um, you know let's say an Andy Warhol and I looked at it and I said that's not hand signed it's on cheap paper it's on like a graphic weave not even acid free just some old printing paper and I gave them a quick rundown of why I wouldn't pursue it any further um, <clears throat> you know that will hold up in other words there's not some certified expert that's going to come along and say wait a minute you're wrong and the reason you're wrong is because you know blah 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 no there's no signature there there's no edition number. There's no certificate of authenticity. It's the wrong kind of paper. Serographs were usually put on on some sort of a heavy uh, type of a 
you know, there are different brand names of paper. There's Arches paper, Reeves paper, all these different kinds of paper. Well, when it comes to serographs, it's a very specific type of paper. And the reason for that is because a silkscreen, which is what Andy Warhol used to do, uh, or he would have people do it for him a lot of times. He was the concept guy. But um, to accept that ink, you know, the paper has to have a certain texture to it. So when you look at paper, you'll notice sometimes that it's semi-glossy on some prints, it's glossy on other prints, it's matte finish on other prints, and other prints it's thick, spongy, and it looks like it really absorbed the ink, sort of like watercolor paper. So um, all of these things factor in when you're authenticating a piece of art. So when you say, how much is my art worth? Just from what I've told you today, you can tell, hey, there, there's so many different possible variables. So in a nutshell, let's say that you find a piece of art in your attic or your basement or whatever, and you inherited it, and it's in an old frame. The frame is dirty, and it's, you know, the paper on the back is really dried out, might even be torn or have a hole in it. Um, the wire that's used to hold the art up is old-style hard wire that's maybe even rusted a little bit. Usually they made it out of a galvanized or some sort of material that didn't rust, but there could be a little rust on there. Um, and let's say that you look at the edge of the mat where the frame meets the paper. So where the frame meets the paper, if you look at the edge of that mat and the paper is turning brown right there on that spot, there's a good chance that when you take this apart and you look at the art by itself with no frame on it, there's a possibility the entire border underneath where that mat was is going to be dark brown or brown and, and that's damage. Damage devalues art and you have to be careful because sometimes art restoration will say yeah we can fix that for you and they'll bleach the art. Well now you just weaken the paper and potentially washed out some of the ink. So and I've seen mistakes made with uh, bleach where they accidentally sprayed droplets of bleach on a print and it created white spots all over the print. So how are they restoring your art? It's important because it can, it can devalue the art. So if you can find somebody that says, look, I'm not going to you know, use bleach to clean your art. I'm going to do it this way. And, and they explain to you why it's not going to damage the art. That's probably best. Again, uh, damaged art, you can have a Picasso. But if it's damaged bad enough, the value can be very low. So um, when it comes to looking at your art to determine, you know, the condition of it before getting into anything else. Um, I would always suggest take it to a framer and have them take it apart. And the reason for that is because um, in some cases in the past, you know, you had, uh, I saw cases where a dealer framed a piece of art. The frame was coming apart on one corner. So the dealer actually put glue on the frame while the art was in the frame. And, you know, did some of that glue run onto the paper or the matting or what kind of potential problems is that going to cause? So when you look at an old piece of art and you see there's an old piece of matting on there, a paper mat or whatever, um, what you want to first look at is, is that, is there any glue that's attaching whether it's intentional or not, is there any glue that's attaching that mat to that paper? And if there is, 
and you go to try to pull that apart, there's a possibility you're going to tear that piece of art and again, completely ruin it or damage it to the point where it's devalued, uh, you know, greatly. Um, probably one of the most <clears throat> talked about examples of, of uh, not properly handling art and um, being careful with art would be, uh, you know, a hotel owner in Las Vegas bought a Picasso for many, many millions of dollars. We're talking, you know, many, many millions of dollars. One of the highest prices I've ever seen. And um, he was showing it to someone in order to sell it to them. And he tripped and fell. And I think he put his elbow through the canvas. And, you know, if you have an old, let's say you have a 70-year-old canvas, you know, well, that canvas is brittle. Even if you put paint on it, the backside of it could have been exposed and that canvas can be brittle. So <clears throat> he put his elbow through it and I think it cost him $100,000 to get the thing fixed. I'm, I don't recall because it's been so long ago. But um, damage is something that you want to know about. So look for uh, discoloration, look for glue, um, have a framer take it apart to avoid you ruining the art. And also, too, I mean, if you're listening to this uh, podcast, the obvious disclaimer here is I'm not telling you how much your art is worth, and I'm not telling you to take your art apart. I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm basically saying if you want to know value of the art, you need to see the art in its own form without any kind of added frame or anything like that. Because there could be something written on the back from the artist dedicating it to a customer in the past that might may or may not add some value to it um, again you want to look at the corners and you want to look at the um, uh, you want to look at the, the borders where the matting was and the reason I say you want to look at the corners is because uh, before art is framed a lot of time it's stored in stacks in print drawers at a publishing company or you know at a dealer's location or a broker's location whatever and so um, if they stored it <clears throat> excuse me, if they stored it properly, they separated the art, uh, you know, by tissue paper or some sort of um, foam core, acid-free, something that will prevent the ink uh, on one piece of art from sticking to the paper on another piece of art. So you don't want ink from one print uh, sticking to the backside of another print. So you separate it with some sort of tissue paper or something if it's not in a frame. Um, <clears throat> excuse me um, and then uh, the and the reason I mentioned that specific issue is because when a lot of times when they would go to store the art there are these little um, corners that you can stick to a piece of backing <clears throat> sorry I'm clearing my throat a lot today uh, you can stick to a piece of backing and um, then you you slip the corners of the art into these little plastic corners. Sometimes they were made out of paper, but the idea was is that you could put your piece of art on a backing and not have it slide around. That way if you wanted to ship it or store it, it's not going to move around and get damaged. But the downside is those little corners, if let's say you had a hundred pieces of art stacked and one of the pieces of art got got twisted a little bit. So let's say that somebody moved part of the stack of art and it forced some of the paper into that corner um, slot harder than it's supposed to go well that bends the corner of the of the print so when you examine your old art your vintage art you're looking for bent corners broken corners completely where the corner corner was uh, bent over and then eventually fell off so there's literally a missing piece on that corner um, 
you, of course you can frame over it and mat over it and you're not going to notice it but at the end of the day when you're talking about let's you know auctioning off a, a hundred year old you know print or a 75 year old picasso or whatever it is um at, at the end of the day the person buying this is going to want to know so if i walk into a gallery in beverly hills which i've done before and i see a hundred thousand dollar picasso i said can i see it outside the frame and here's a real re big red flag the dealer said no we can't take it out of the frame and i said well i'm not going to buy it i'm going to spend a hundred thousand dollars if you are not willing to show me the art outside of the frame how do i know there's no damage also i have to examine the paper and the dealer wanted to know why i wanted and i didn't tell them i was a you know art expert or had any experience in this at all and they said why do you want to take it out of the frame it, it could damage it you know we don't want you to get fingerprints on it i said well i have white gloves with me <clears throat> you can buy a box of white gloves for almost nothing those cotton gloves and then you can handle your art with them and that avoids um, uh, any kind of oil from your skin or any of that kind of thing by the way i'm going way over I, I tried i wanted this to be 10 minutes today i'm already at like almost 17 so um i'm gonna end up doing 20 but um uh, hopefully this is helpful information for you um so i looked at this piece of art in beverly hills and he said no i'm not taking another frame and i said well then anyone who buys it from you is making a mistake because how do i know it's authentic and he said because i'm telling you it's authentic i said can i see the certificate of authenticity sure here you go he shows me the certificate he made out the certificate i said well you're selling the art and you made out the certificate and you don't want to take it out of the frame these are all indicators that the art is fake he said he got really upset with me and i said you know he said look um you know maybe we could take it to our framer and, and i said look i have a framer i can bring a framer here and he said well and he kept sidestepping and i said okay uh, fine, we'll use your framer. Can I meet you over there? And he said, well, no, we'll have him take it apart and then we'll bring it back and then we'll set an appointment with you to come back. And so at the end of the day, I felt like, you know, he's putting me off and is he going to try to get, uh, see if he can find another one of these pieces of art that's legitimate or is he not sure, did he buy the art and never take it out of a frame and then just decide to create a certificate on his own and try to sell something for 100000 um so <clears throat> excuse me so um at the end of the day if somebody said to me can i see this outside of the frame i would immediately start taking it apart and i mean literally i would just pick up the piece of art flip it over uh, unscrew the back screws start pulling it apart it depended on depending on how old it was if it was a really old piece of art i could pull the frame off sometimes leave the mat on and say look i'm leaving this mat on here because I want the framer to remove it because in the old days they would spot glue these sometimes they put a whole line of glue on there and i'd say i don't want it to damage the art and that could sometimes cause a problem when someone was going to buy a piece of art they say well i didn't know that was on there so <clears throat> again um we're talking about examining art checking the condition making sure there's no bent corners no discoloration uh, and you're also looking for any writing on the art. So you want to notate any writing on the art. So is there a copyright on the bottom border? Is there a copyright near? Uh, if you see an indentation in the paper, so the image is pressed into the paper to the point where there's an indentation, well, look for a little text on that bottom left or bottom right or somewhere near that indentation. You also want to find out is there a signature look for a pencil signature if it's a pen signature and it's 100 years old there's a 
more than likely that pen ink uh, signature has already faded. So your, your pencil signatures last as long as you don't rub the art together or rub it with your hand or anything like that. The pencil signature will stay there indefinitely, uh, where ink will not. Um, so you're looking at signature. You're also looking for an addition number. If it's hand signed and there's no addition number, it could be a monoprint or an original. If it's hand signed and there is an addition number, it's going to be like 1 over 10, 1 over 50, 2 over 50, 100 over 1,000, whatever the addition was. So if the publisher made 1,000 prints and you have number 545 of 1,000 and it's from 50 years ago, there's probably 50 of those on the market because they made 1,000. If you have 1 of 50 and it's from 50 years ago, you're probably the only one that has that that can be found, meaning... Uh, it's not like there's a place you can go and say who else has one of these because there isn't a place you can do that there are forums sure there are websites that have mass visitors I used to be an art volunteer on one of them I answered about 30,000 questions on a website for over many year period of time but again there wasn't a place like if I found an old uh, you know an old Picasso for example and it was an edition of 50 there wasn't a place I could go say, hey, everybody with one of these, contact me. It just didn't happen. Some of them got destroyed. There's a Picasso at the bottom of the ocean right now in an airplane that crashed. It was insured, and the insurance company paid out on it. Somebody goes and finds it. There's there's a million-dollar piece of art. Today, years later, now it's worth more. It's probably, and it's been at the bottom of the ocean. If it's preserved, that's a $5 million piece of art. I don't know. But um, but any, anyway, I just wanted to give you kind of an overview of reality on what happens when you find a piece of art in your attic, in your basement. You've got to think about the condition of it. You've got to think about the edition size. Is it an original? Is it limited edition? Um, can I take it out of the frame without damaging it? Um, what kind of glass did they use? Did they use plexiglass that had UV if it was in the last 40 years? Um, did they use old style thin glass that, you know, provided absolutely no protection at all and that allowed the sun to damage the paper you know there's there's just a lot of variables there and I, I'm going to talk more in the future about um, value of art because this has gone on now for I'm at 22 minutes so um, I'm going to cut this off but but um, <clears throat> in the future I will get more into the difference between the value of a lithograph a serigraph a mezzotint a monoprint an etching an engraving an oil, an acrylic, a drawing, a sketch, uh, you know, there's just a lot of different variables when it comes to value. Um, you can use anything from eBay to Sotheby's to, you know, uh, art appraisers. There's so many different ways that you can come up with a value on a piece of art, but you can't guess at it and you can't tell somebody you have a Picasso if you're not sure if it's a Picasso because you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. So um, I'm going to put it, let's go ahead and end it there, but um, feel free to reach out to me if, if um, this discussion has sparked any questions that you have, be happy to answer them for you and be happy to have your question featured on my future podcasts. I could even, if you want, uh, we could talk verbally and uh, I can record that and, and add you to a future podcast if you want. So again, uh, thank you for listening. Um, please follow me and please uh, you know be sure to check in for future podcasts uh, these things are done 
based on donations and that kind of thing. So uh, there's no money involved unless you guys help out. So again, I appreciate you listening. And uh, if you know anybody who's interested in art, who's an art fan, an art collector, an artist, please tell them about this podcast and uh, have them give it a listen and see what they think. And maybe they want to get involved as well. So again, thank you. And until next time, we'll see you soon.